And welcome, listeners, to News from the Drug War Front. It is Tuesday, the 14th of June. My name's Bryce Jarvis. I'm here with Marion Watson in the studio. So welcome to today's edition of News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, and The Connection, Canberra's peer-based drug and alcohol service for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, Bryce, and good morning, listener. How are we all this morning? I want to send a shout-out to Geoffrey, who I've heard from a couple of times this week. He's enjoying the beautiful weather up at Rockhampton. I just thought I'd tell you that, just so you can <laughs> suffer. Because we've had some freezing weather was, over the weekend. Uh, I'm freezing. I'm, it's at least it's nice and warm here in the studio. Indeed it? it is. And it's nice and warm under the doona, I would imagine, where <laughs> everybody with any brains should be. Yep, listening to couple, the show. Listening to the show. So good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, Mary. Morning, Jack and Pete. Although Pete's out on the street, I noticed. Um... News from the drug war front, as most of our regular listeners know, is reports on stories, on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured in this program come from other sources. In fact, most of them do, um, including the mainstream media. As such, the contents of this news from the drug war front broadca- broadcast or podcast may not necessarily reflect the views and or policies of karma and the connection. Karma and the Connection focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy, community development. We seek to uh, reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the deliver of person-centred holistic health care. Karma exists to promote this is in brackets, to promote the health and human rights in particular of people who use drugs and people who use drug treatment services. And, in fact, we probably seek to educate the public or as many of the public who will listen to the show. That's correct. Just get people to do that. Karma and the Connection provide a wide range of services such as advocacy, peer treatment support, education, art therapy, support groups, mentoring and referrals. Above all, Karma and the Connection are harm reduction services. Karma and the Connection are located in Belconnen Churches Centre at Shop 17, Level 1, 54 Benjamin Way. Drop-in hours are 10 to 4, uh, Monday to Friday, but it's a good idea to, you know, Maz, to um, always call ahead and see if you can get, uh, get an appointment first. Well, we still have COVID, COVID around, yeah. so the, uh, yeah. the office is uh, irregularly staffed to That's its full correct. capacity, yeah. so people are doing working in shifts in the office yeah. in shifts, but they're always working. If they're on duty but not in the office, best make an appointment That's with right. them. Six two five three three six four three is the number you can it's call us, one, yep. uh, or you can email us at karma uh, info at karma for more information. Uh, karma can assist people with a wide range of issues, including advice and advocacy around opioid maintenance treatment, accessing and being paid tr- to treat your hepatitis C in conjunction with Hep ACT in the Reach Teach Treat. Thrive program, that's a mouthful. Yeah, triple T. <laughs> that added a T now. Um, triple T. Yeah, the Thrive's the extra part at the end now. Helping people to cope with and overcome the impact of stigma and discrimination directed towards them as illicit drug users. 
helping people to access rehab, detox, and other alcohol treatment services. Uh, a walk-in health clinic, which is tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, with the directions ACT. And no, every Wednesday, yep, too. Yep. Every Wednesday. No appointment necessary, but again, it's a good idea to ring up and you can book ahead. Peer education workshops, including opioid overdose, uh, overdose management, uh, incorporating incorporating take-home naloxone, which we all know is a lifesaver and very important. Indeed it is. And the FIX, which is a one-hour paid workshops. Contact Peter uh, at Karma about that, providing assistance with advocacy for people who are experiencing social issues or having trouble navigating those social services like housing and stuff. Who doesn't? (laughs) Murugadi for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients. The Connection team offer all the same assistance been in a culturally appropriate fashion that is tailored specifically for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients. So if you're having any trouble associated with any of those issues or just want to have a chat with one of the lovely workers or other staff or just want to drop in and have a cuppa, um, by all means, come in and see us. Isn't that right, Maz? That's correct. That's what you need to do. mouthful. Um, we're going to play a interview that... Mr. Chris Goff, our, um, our executive, executive director, director uh, ABC Radio. First up, uh, we have a then show a, a lot about decrim, and you've got that's right. And when first we'll do ACT local yep. issues, then we'll go on to national issues. I'll do it basically the other way around and do international stuff last. That's such right. As we've got so we've got some interesting stuff for you this morning. Um, and first of all, get, we'll start off with um, Chris's interview yes. on ABC uh, uh, Radio. Thursday, I believe it was. Uh, so just bear with me. The audio might be a little bit out. We're having um, a few gremlins with the panel today. So. Yeah, and our gremlin assistant has some... Um, I hope he's not unwell, but I'll send him a shout-out anyway because he doesn't seem to be anywhere around the office. So no. Good morning, Mr. Assistant. I don't know where you are, <laughs> but you're all probably right. home in bed if you've got any sense. Let's give it a crack. Vishbaya, ABC Radio, Canberra Wurundjeri. The proposal is from decriminalisation of use and possession only. Uh, manufacturing and selling still going to be a criminal offence. Chris Goff is the executive director of Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, and operates a community centre. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thanks. How is this going to change things for you? For me and, and more importantly, for the community. That's right, the community, yes, for you, what, the work you yeah. do. Yeah, so for the work that we do at, at Karma, uh, it'll mean that we can actually focus on, on people uh, supporting them instead of punishing them and, uh, and actually uh, try and get some more people into Karma to, uh, you know, improve their health and well-being uh, and instead of, you know, maybe spending so much time in court. So it should be really good. Because what's the biggest harm from illicit drug use? Well, I mean, there are two harms, uh, two broad uh, harms. The first one is actually from, obviously, from from drug use itself. And uh, there are a lot of people out there in society who use all manner of different drugs. Uh, but research shows that about 
five to 20% of them will end up uh, with their drug use being problematic for them and for their family and for the community. And, and for those people, we have a, a drug treatment sector with organizations such as Karma, which, which feed into drug treatment organizations like residential rehabilitation and uh, opiate maintenance treatment and all of that wonderful stuff that we have. Um, but the other harm, and this is what this decriminalization bill is addressing, is the harms of the criminal of drugs. And that being going to jail, uh, being the big one, setting off a whole different path. Well, yes, um, but it's not it's not just jail, although of course that's incredibly destructive, as Criminal as everybody charges. knows. Um, but but when you uh, when you're funneled into the the criminal justice system, uh, then you get a criminal charge, and 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 it's been shown uh, over the last hundred years of prohibition that that tends instead of having uh, an effect where you stop using drugs, uh, it tends to actually break down your relationships with your family. It makes uh, employment incredibly difficult. Uh, it causes social isolation and marginalization. Uh, and so instead of at that point where uh, say you're, you're, you're picked up with the, by the police and you know, in, instead of being offered support and listen, is this really the best thing to do? It's actually, and, and let's get you some support and some help. It's actually pushing you down a road, which is, which is more likely to, to hurt you going forwards for, for quite a considerable period of time. And, Problem, maybe your whole life. Um, my guest this morning on ABC Radio Canberra is Chris Goff. He's the Executive Director of Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy. We're talking about drug decriminalisation. I wonder what your initial response was yesterday when you heard um, that the ACT is set to become the first jurisdiction to decriminalise small amounts of these illicit drugs. On the text line, Kay in Bungendor says, I'm now in my mid-50s. I have a family who's been involved with drugs on and off for their entire life. She says nothing good will come out of legalising drugs. This is decriminalising though, Kay. So um, totally understand the, um, the decriminalisation part. Some party drugs after testing. But uh, honestly, ICE and the like, they are setting up a gateway to abuse. People on hard drugs can be a danger to themselves, their family, people around them, and the majority of people making these laws have no idea of the damage it will make to already struggling teen families. Please, please don't make this legal. At the moment, this is not legal. This is decriminalisation. But do you hear what's... Uh, do you, is that a common sort of response you're hearing as well from families who have been through this, Chris? Yes, absolutely. It's common. Uh, and it's common because, you know, it's right. Drugs can be very destructive. The issue we've got, though, is that, as, as the listener has said, it, it's already happening. Uh, it's happening there and, and it's being really destructive. And so this is an alternative approach. Uh, we know, as, as I said before, we know that drugs can be very dangerous to people in the community and, and that's why we have drug treatment services. And one and of have the we got enough of them? No, we certainly don't. And part of part of this bill actually uh, has talked to that as well. Uh, we need more places in drug treatment. Um, but to get back to the the, the, the listeners. Uh, point. Uh, the, the idea here is actually to make uh, to make it easier to have conversations, those difficult conversations, which aren't easy to have when everything's 
illegal and uh, and it's frowned upon and there's stigma and discrimination, that in, it, in itself causes a whole bunch of issues and it stops people from coming forward and entering drug treatment. Uh, and so yeah. that's where we want to try and alleviate some stress from families Let's have those conversations. We've already got these drugs in society. There's good evidence across the world that it won't uh, increase the uh, the amount of drug use, which which I know sounds sounds very counterintuitive, um, and and worries a lot of people. But we have seen across the world uh, over 20 countries now decriminalise in some form. Uh, they've just done this in Oregon. There's a bill in Congress, which is yep. in, in in federal Congress in America, that's looking at this. Why? Because we because we have these issues in society, and we need a different approach. Yeah. Uh, Chris Goff. Thanks for your comments this morning. And my pleasure. Chris Goff's the Executive Director of the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy. Oh, well, yeah. yeah that, now, that was interesting in that there are two particular parts of that. First, not only does it lead into our, um, our script for today, but also the concept of uh, decriminalisation of small amounts of drug. It's really important that we have the conversation and that, in fact, starting the conversation, if you do not ask the questions with an open mind, you do not get an honest answer. So if we have somebody who is afraid of the drugs that are being used and ignores the fact of drug use, which is what the most people who are advocating for abstinence from drugs are saying, yep. it frightens me, I'm scared of what they're doing. The mind is closed. Yep. They're not asking questions that... Well, they're asking questions where they already have the answer to, but yeah. they're saying, do you use drugs? And they want the answer to be no. Yeah. yeah. When the answer is yes, they freak out. Yeah. So the listener was basically saying, what I know of the drug use that I've seen is that it's really destructive, and yeah. I hate it. And and by all accounts, some drug use is destructive. There, there is there. no two ways about yep. that, and we do not argue that point at all. The point, the point that we do argue is we should be starting further back than that. Yeah, is that why is it destructive? Where it does the destruction come from? Yeah, and most of our listeners will know. That what we're trying to do through the radio show, through the karma and its existence, is provide spaces for people to listen to and be informed about where drugs are up to now, mm -hmm. why they are up to the place yep. that they're up to now, why the population is afraid of them, and why parents in particular are so scared yeah. of their children using drugs to the point where they do not want to hear the truth from yeah. them. Yep. So you've got a piece that we'll come to after the first song. Yeah, we do. Yeah? Yep. So we'll do a song first and then we'll go on <laughs> to me. the ACT yep. and what's happening locally. So this is a request that was given to us by... Damien, uh, oh, uh, okay. Karma Worker. Demo, how are hey, you? Damo, uh, he's probably mid train. Oh, no, he'll be on. Yeah, so. Might be getting ready for it, but he'll probably be listening. Uh, what is it? Kalichi drug addiction, it's called. So this one might have a little bit of a rude word in there. So just oh, warning, for, warning for the view. Well, that's on him and Duterte. No problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> Kalechi, Kalechi, 
Everybody got a story to tell. Well, here's mine. My pain's deep. I've been through hell. I managed to survive, so I got a story to tell. Listen, I stand victorious. Make the sign of the cross. Look, I'm here to be the voice for every friend I've ever lost. Let me pray as I put together my hands. I've never been ashamed to tell you the person I am. When it comes to doing drugs, I've never been a rookie. But hold up. Let me tell you about the places that they took me. I haven't showered. It's been possibly a week. And I'm so deep in a psychosis. Impossible to speak. The coke is in my arm. Now it's impossible to sleep. My throat's numb. Closed shut. So it's impossible to eat. Losing weight's a part of my daily routine. I always use against my will. Just praying I was clean. So nod your head if you understand what I mean. When I was growing up, I never thought that I would be a fiend ever. My life's tumultuous. It's never getting better. Another abscess from my arm is getting severed. My exquisite vision, depiction of their religion. Living, living conditions. Malicious on a mission. All these green tree cops, look, they all know me by my first name. Paramedics had to revive me. This ain't a game. I wore the same clothes for like the last 10 days. And look, I want to do better, but I don't know a different way. Different Completely way. all alone. I'm sitting in this room. I empty out the bags, brown liquid in the spoon. I have to do a lot, can no longer do a little. The water's been added. I place the cotton in the middle. In I'm the sucking middle. every drop up into this plastic devices. I am tying off. I'm trying to find a decent vein of strike. I shove it ever so gently up underneath my skin as I'm pulling back the plunger to this blood in the syringe. I push it in and try to drift away to heaven. But criminals like me, that's never the place that we're headed. The guilt, shame, remorse, and regret I never address. And I'm a mess from all this pain and this anguish. I'm filled with stress. Overdoses, I'm emotionally broken. This ain't a joke. And smoking on a new port, I never have any hope. This is me, I'm feeling like I don't deserve more. I feel disgusted as I'm pushing on this burnt shore. Someone stole the vinegar in the midst of a blackout. Another shooting gallery, another crack house. On the porch, welcome the help is on the floor. Man, I'm glancing at my arms and all I ever see are sore tracks. I'm feeling filthy, dirty needles with the orange caps. Peeking out the window, someone whispers, lock the door latch. We're blasting off, departing from this mothership. I look around as others search the carpet for another head. Crest whitening strips of Mach 3s. I'm on a suicidal mission till these cops try to stop me. We boosted every day, selling steaks for half price. Any dream I ever had was shattered by glass pipes. Glass rose, devil got me in his lasso. End of the gates of hell, and I didn't even have a passcode. I'm hard headed, I would never learn my lesson. You know the drill, commit a crime and get arrested. The misery never ends, I spend another week in jail. I don't have friends, family never paid my bill. So I would withdraw and kick on that concrete floor. I feel I've had enough, but my body is screaming more. The food is horrible, but I haven't eaten in days. No reason to call home, cause I got nothing left to say. I'm tired of this jail, I don't ever wanna see prison. Look, I'm tired and exhausted from this life that I am living. I would get a couple days clean and say that I was done. But every time I got released, I was back on the run. It's back to thieving, lying, robbing, and ripping and running. These problems, I don't solve them. I'm crippled and sick to my stomach. I hang with prostitutes and these deadly degenerates. I'm homeless for the moment, but that's really quite irrelevant. The only thing that matters in life is my next high. I gotta be willing to change and give it my best try. I'm a servant and this heroine's my king. I'm feeling like a slave as I dangle from these puppet strings. I'm just a marionette, I'm staring at death as I am carrying regrets that are just tearing through my flesh. We're dealing with a topic we're so careless to neglect. We're dealing with a dilemma leaving every parent stressed. I'm so sick and tired though of being sick and tired. But then it finally happened.
feeling motivated by desire. by desire I hit this point, I wanted to change Enough is enough, my efforts been exhausted And I'm tired of being stuck My faith is never blind in my future I barely see, but overnight was open-minded I had this moment of clarity So it begins and it's essential, I believe Cause if it worked for you, then it just has to work for me Through all this pain, there's gotta be a positive message I talked about the past, now let's talk about the present I'm no longer living that way for me, it's a blessing But with one bad decision, I am back in that obsession And no three was diagnosed with hepatitis C I utilize the bad, it's always been the fuel for driving me And then you ask me, why do I give us my all? I'm not trying to see rest in peace on my Facebook wall I got clean in 05 and started rapping I started touching lies, I never thought that this would happen The shit today, trust me, it isn't heroin It's killing everybody in the comments or disparaging No one cares, I guess a fuck that I'm clean for them Another deadly overdose is just something to say. Look, I pay attention to every post that I read As you were sitting there judging in front of your iPhone screen Talking about these dying addicts and how they are worthless And if they put a needle in the arm then they deserve it But that's someone's mother, someone's uncle, someone's daughter And that's someone's aunt, someone's son, and someone's father As I rap, the shit is giving me chills And I'm speaking off experience, that's how I know it's real These ignorant motherfuckers will say it's not a disease And look, I really don't care, you can believe what you believe I don't care to argue, I don't gotta give you proof Listen, I was not, you don't gotta defend the truth Incurable, progressive, and fatal, unless arrested I'm expressing aggression with every sentiment confession Once a junkie, always a junkie, you're boring me The last time I checked, there's one ultimate authority I'm sick of these remarks and opinions from all these critics Cause if you never lived it, then trust me, you'll never get it Be quiet, you're not allowed to speak about it If you've never lived it, then you're not allowed to speak about it How often you forget the only time that you should ever open your mouth is to eat a dick Everybody is dying, it makes me sick This isn't an epidemic, this is more like an apocalypse So when I struggle, it's only right that I fight in my experience Recites on how that diamond saved my life Look, you don't got a clue what I've been through When I was at my worst, you couldn't walk a mile in my shoes I survived a lot, so it's only right that I smile When I'm aware of my surroundings, I'm no longer in denial I'm blown away by every message that I get It gives me motivation, it's the reason I never quit We gotta do this together, we must trust There's no you, there's no me, there's just us I'm doing this with courage, I'm doing this with pride I'm doing this for every single friend that's ever died I dedicate the song to anyone that's lost a loved one so live your life cause tomorrow may never come be grateful for your past embrace it don't get embarrassed every day there is more children growing up without their parents i felt pain look i'm not afraid to cry my life changed once i was willing to try i've been given many chances now it's truly do or die i'm doing what it takes so my daughter will never see me high i'm doing what it takes so my daughter will never see me high I'm doing what it takes so my daughter will never see me high. I'm doing what it takes so my daughter will never see me high. I'm doing what it takes so my daughter will never see me high. And we're back. Yeah. Very long Did you one. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I missed you. Well, that was an epic, <laughs> epic journey there for Damo. It certainly was. It Kalichi, wasn't, that it wasn't drug true, addiction. Though, was it? You yeah, know, the yeah. lyrics were actually yeah. spot on. Yeah. Just as there were so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> and with a lot of space in between. <laughs> a lot of space in between. <laughs> Look, this takes us, um, we're tying in, this is another local. Uh, this is the joint media release by Atcos Karma and Atoda. Uh, community sector welcomes government commitment to drug law law reform.
reform. So this was made on the 9th of the 6th. Five days ago, yeah. Yes, 2022. The ACT Council of Social Services, ACOS, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, CARMA, and the Alcohol, Tobacco and Other Drug Association of ACT, ATODA, today welcomed the ACT's commitment to progressing legislation decriminalising small amounts of illicit drugs. ATCOS, Karma and Atoda support the announcement from Minister for Health Rachel Stephen-Smith that recognises drug use as a health issue, clap, 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 and yep. decriminalisation is key to improving outcomes for the most disadvantaged and vulnerable in our community. In 2021, Labor MLA Michael Peterson introduced the Drugs of Dependence Personal Use Amendment Bill of 2021, which aimed to decriminalise personal possession of small amounts of some drugs, including cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine and MDMA. The bill was then subject to a Legislative Assembly Select Committee inquiry, which recommended the bill be passed with amendments. At cost, Deputy CEO Mr Adam Poulter said, if done right, the bill represents a unique opportunity for the ACT moving forward towards decriminalising a range of drugs for personal use, which will have an enormous uh, positive impact, especially for some of the most disadvantaged and marginalised people in the Territory. Good policy on social I issues, including drug use, is, uh, is drawn from an evidence base and strongly, and strongly values the voice of affected communities. For years, the evidence internationally and domestically has been telling us that decrim yields better health and social outcomes for people who use drugs, as well as their friends, families and carers and the broader community. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the release goes on. A TOTA Chief Executive Officer, Dr Devon Bowles, said, quote, we congratulate the ACT government on taking another step in its leadership of Australian jurisdictions in evidence-based drug policy. We welcome the inclusion of an alternative to the $100 fine for possession of the listed drugs. Keeping people out of the justice system will reduce the harm and stigma associated with drug use. This legislation should be accompanied by further substantial investment in the alcohol and other drugs treatment and harm reduction sector in the ACT. The AOD sector in uh, ACT performs exceptionally well but is under-resourced. That's a quote <laughs> from uh, the God, isn't it? As legislation is enacted and stigma is reduced, we will see that the demand go up and we need to fund to respond appropriately and supportively. Now, the demand for treatment and information, I expect that means not demand mm. necessarily yep. for drugs. No. Karma Executive Director Chris Goff said, a clear step towards true decriminalisation has been made today, a step towards the lessening of discrimination and stigma for those in our community. Uh, in our community, we strongly believe in a supportive rather than punitive response to drug use. We're calling for this legislation to be designed in close consultation with the most affected member of the community. That means us. Yep. Meaningful involvement of people with lived experience will result in the most supportive and least harmful legislation. Importantly, we must ensure that the thresholds listed in the legislation reflect the quantities that people actually use, which is really important. We're lucky enough that research on this has been done here in the ACT, and Karma supports the current 
personal position limits under ACT law as an appropriate framework for Mr Peterson's bill. At Costa Tota and Karma, uh, each made supportive submissions to the inquiry along with families and friends for drug law reform mm. and many other community sector organisations, drug experts and members of the community. Now, after the news... <clears throat> I want to do an article for you by Des Manderson, who had an immensely intelligent man. <laughs> and pardon me, for I'm not sucking up to Des Manderson. <laughs> I just know he's been writing about drugs and drug use for years. Yeah. And not just about from 1961, which is not when the history of, of uh, prohibitionism started, but at least back to the beginning of the 20th century, yeah. to 1915 when uh, the uh, Versailles Treaty came in. The article's really interesting and has... Um, we're going to the news in a second, so... Yeah. I'll tell you more about it after the news. Yeah, uh, this is a very, it's it's all very exciting at the moment. I'm yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, push the wrong button. Oh. There we go. Okay. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Yeah, so that's two double X included in the Community Broadcasting that Federation. Is. Yes. Public radio is the best thing that we can have to express our point of view. So if you're interested, become involved, support two double X. Yep. It's a public asset. Uh, Especially and it financial needs support. your yep. uh, financial assistance to keep running. Always important. And to keep uh, our, our technology up to date. Um, so get involved, be, become a volunteer or become just interested and sponsor it financially yep. just so that we can keep on doing our show. You can become involved and possibly even do something that represents a community that you are part of. Exactly. Um, I wanted to go on to follow on from uh, the local issue of decriminalisation of small amounts of, for, of drugs for currently illicit drugs for personal use. Do a piece from um, Friday's Canberra Times by Des Manderson. And it's really interesting. Des Manderson's been around for a long time, as certainly as long as I have in terms of... But his knowledge is voluminous. It just expands way beyond anything I know. And he remembers it all, I'm sure. Anyway, the article was on Friday in the Canberra Times on the 10th of June. It's called The Trojan Horse of the Global Drug Wars. It's just over 100 years since the treaty of the article says the Treaty of Versailles entered into force. Its headline provisions such as the formation of the League of Nations and the imposition of crippling reparations on Germany, this is after the First World War, had a profound effect on the 20th century. But the devil is, as they say, in the detail. A little-known little section of the treaty has had far-reaching consequences. The Hague Opium Convention of 1912 had proposed an international system to prevent the production, distribution and use of recreational drugs. But major drug-producing countries were reluctant to sign on. Understandably, the Treaty of Versailles forced them to do so. 
Um, under Article 295, all signatories were automatically deemed to have signed and ratified the convention, every part of the convention, mm. that means. That's, I'm, I'm just explaining that. He doesn't. A relatively unfashionable piece of international law suddenly acquired global heft. Article 295 was a Trojan horse. It set off a train reaction that, over the course of the 20th century, grew into an all-encompassing bureaucratic and repressive international drug control system. Dominated by the United States, it has been run by true believers in the Church of Zero Tolerance. Yeah. And we all know this, troops, don't we? But this is where it comes from. Um, it has required the absolute prohibition and aggressive prosecution of anyone who uses, possesses or traffics in drugs like opium, morphine or coca and cocaine, while cannabis and heroin were placed together, which is weird, in yep. a separate category, defined as, quote, particularly dangerous and warranting, quote, special measures mm. of suppression. This punitive approach has been catastrophically counterproductive in Australia. As elsewhere, it has led to the persecution of users of drugs like marijuana or MDMA that, by any measure, are far less dangerous than alcohol or tobacco. Oh, yep. Quote, quote. I mean, this is, we say this every week. Yep. Rather than preventing drug trafficking, these laws have made it breathtakingly lucrative. I love the words he uses, <laughs> breathtakingly lucrative. Yeah. Prohibition has made it harder for users to access help, treatment or even information. And I can tell you that as from having worked in the sector, getting mm. information about drugs yep. is really impossible. By creating a culture of secret, secrecy, poverty and crime, it's not drugs but our legal system that has blighted the prospects of young people and in some cases led to their death from overdose. Yet finally the winds of change are blowing. In many areas, Australia has taken the lead. Our needle exchange programs led the world and have saved thousands of lives. In safe injecting rooms in Sydney and Melbourne, not a single life has been lost. In the ACT, cannabis has been decriminalised. Just yesterday, Health Minister Rachel Stephen-Smith announced that the government would go ahead with proposals to decriminalise the use and possession of small amounts of a wider range of drugs, including cocaine and heroin. This brings the ACT closer to the most important recent innovation in global pr practice known as, quote, the Portuguese model. Mm. I do have some problems with that, but nonetheless, it's an interesting piece and it's his opinion. Even the international drug control system has undergone an astonishing change of heart. In 2015, Werner Sipp, no less than the president of the International Narcotics Control Board, or INCB, officially described the Portuguese model as best practice. Now, that's a huge change of heart yep. and change of language. So that's best practice in Portuguese model. In a complete reversal of the dogma maintained by the INCB for 50 years, he declared that, quote, practice of exempting small quantities of drugs from criminal prosecution is consistent with the international drug control treaties, mm. end quote. Alas, 
in the frontline countries like Mexico, US pressure to maintain prohibition continues to exact an truly unforgivable price. There, the so-called war on drugs has led to the deaths of 300,000 innocent people yeah. in the past 15 years. The number of, quote, disappeared, end quote, has now reached 100,000. A UN report recently concluded, quote, organised crime has become a central perpetrator of disappearance in Mexico with varying degrees of participation, acquiescence or omission by public servants, end quote, an interesting phrase. Simply blaming corrupt governments or villainous cartels, however, fails to capture the complex reality. To seriously acknowledge the impact of the drug war on the lives of human beings all over the world requires compassion, understanding and a changed mindset. The ACT Health Minister's announcement yesterday is, as she puts it, uh, quote, the next logical step. A step in the right direction. The Treaty of Versailles, Trojan horse, is rotting away. But to finally put it down, we must think globally and act locally. Mm. Now, I just think that's a fabulous article. Yeah, great article. Des Manderson, by the way, uh, is an academic and writer. His play, 20 Minutes with the Devil, premieres at the Street Theatre during the 18th to 25th. Now, that's just this week, I might add, in yep. four days' time. Um, for more information, go to the street theatre, to the street.org.au. On Thursday, June the 23rd, so that's this week. Sorry, oh, gosh, that's last week. No, it's not. That's this week. Uh, there will be a special pre-show panel. I've got Tuesday, June, 14th of June. I don't know. That's today. That's today, so th- when's Thursday? The- anyway. No, the 23rd. Sorry, not the 13th. Get your brain right, Mary. <laughs> um, there'll be a pre- special pre-show panel discussion on drugs, law and justice. Pre-booking is essential. So that's at thestreet.org.au. Yep. And I really think that uh, if they haven't got quiz on the panel, then they probably haven't got the gamut of mm. people that they yep. need yep. to discuss, make, have that discussion. But we have been calling for so long for open discussion of these issues yeah. and public debate of these issues yep. that I can only see this as being a positive step. Well, it's a small, I mean, and it's I a step, really thank yeah. Des Manderson for his article. Yep. And I hope people, uh, listeners, enjoyed it and, and can agree with it. The major point about this is from the top down, we've yeah. had a war on drugs, but not just since 1961 or 71, since the beginning of the last That's century, yeah. the end of the Second World War, which is, in fact, the, a year after the beginning of the First World War was the Treaty of Versailles, well, sorry, was the Hague Convention, yeah. the Treaty of Versailles, was at the end of the Second World War, and that was to divvy up the you know, Germany's assets and make yeah. them pay reparations. I mean, it just—it's um, not working. The war on drugs doesn't work. It hasn't, <laughs> and it hasn't been working for a hundred <sighs> years. 
You know, the interesting thing about this, I'd been reading romantic novels when I was younger. I did anyway because I was a romantic. But the old-fashioned novels, that the women used to wake up with a presentiment. Mm. Right? Now, I'm thinking that was probably menstrual tension. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that the cure for that presentiment, which was the feeling that they were, something was going to ha- that they were going to be ill, the yep. cure for that presentiment was actually heroin, yep. Yep. which was called in those days laudanum. Mm. But it was handed out over the counter yeah. at so-called drugstores or yep. chemists very freely and very openly because it wasn't called heroin. Yeah. It was, and it was designed for women who everybody knew in those days were Nervous, had nervous anxiety and yeah. nervous tension and needed to be looked after the poor little dears. <laughs> Instead of acknowledging that they had, you know, a problem with PMT, yep. they would say, okay, they need a bit of calming down. Yeah. So yep. I'd give them some laudanum to calm them down. <laughs> yeah. But don't uh, give it to people in hospital for pain relief. <laughs> Good for no. God forbid. No. Anyway. It, just an interesting article, and I really would say do get in touch with the street. Go along and see 20 Minutes with the Devil. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a really interesting play. And the 23rd, Thursday, yep. this Thursday, Next Thursday, the panel uh, discussion sounds interesting too. And if we haven't got Chris on the panel, um, which we probably have, or we've got some peer-related person on the panel... Then we should be in the audience asking the hard questions. We'll find out. Or promoting we'll have the kind show. of discussion we want. Yeah, we'll find out and Absolutely. announce it on network next week's show. Uh, just before we go to another song, I just want to quickly uh, duck in uh, this. I just saw there is... This is a, say, a drug alert um, that's yep. just come up. It's a, for high-dose MDMA tablets that have got an average dose of 196 milligrams yep. so just more details on karma's website I so can't. jump on karma's website and there's some info about that um so yeah, there's a sounding a very nasty okay. yeah well so, if yeah, we've just, got drug testing if we have our pill testing available which would be a beautiful and a wonderful thing in the pipeline i had the feeling that the reason why we're forging ahead with the drug law reform yep. at the moment is because of the change in federal government because oh, now yeah. we don't have that um, oversight that territories have, mm. meaning that if we want to bring in legislation in the ACT that the ACT supports or yeah. our government supports, that it will stand up, it will hold up, and federally it will not be upon from yeah. a great height. Yeah. Yes? So... The uh, it's likely uh, less likely that the Labor government, federal government, um, or our federal government, would stop the ACT from enacting laws yep. by simply enforcing the federal control of territory law law reform, yeah. or le- law enactment. There's a story um, that uh, a video. Uh, ABC story that uh, Chris did as well on the on Karma's website. So if you want to jump on so that, so that was the interview that we did yes, earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so this one was for ABC TV. So there's a lot of stories on there at the moment which relate to the decrim stuff. So jump on, have a look. Uh, we'll go to a song, I think, Maz. Yep. What's uh, the next one? Not eight minutes. Of... It's not eight minutes. It's um, <laughs> King Kunta by Kendrick Lamar. Okay. I got a bone to pick. I don't want you monkey mouth. 
sitting in my throne again. I'm mad, but I ain't stressing. True friends, one question. Where, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kuta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. Kuta, black man taking no losses. Oh yeah. Where, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kuta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. When you got the yams. Walking out the court, baby, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, the judge, I made it past 25. And now I was a little nappy headed, looking with the world behind him. Life fake, but a fat. Screaming, Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Limited it with the gold play straight from the bottom. Mr. Belly at a beast, from a peasant to a prince to a king. Oh, yeah. Where, where you and I was. By the time you hear the next pop, the folk shall be within you. Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kota, everybody wanna cut the legs off. King Kota, black man taking no losses. Oh yeah. Where, where you and I was walking. Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kota, everybody wanna cut the legs off. King Kunta, Kendrick Lamar. Maz. Yeah, Maz there. Okay. So that was really interesting. I just wanted to say that song 
um, that eight-minute-long song. Yes. It was just, what did we say? Who did we say it was by? Uh, that was uh, Drug Addiction by Kalichi. Kalichi, that's right, the Kalichi virus. I said that's what it sounded like. <laughs> anyway, the, um, the contents of the song... Although it was huge, it was very long, <laughs> eight-minute-long song. Yes. Every word of it was actually quite legitimate. It's yep. really all about somebody getting over their drug use but still being seen as an addict. Yep. And it's a very – it explains discrimination uh, in exactly the way people feel it. You know, I don't – you know, you don't win just because you stop using drugs. No. It's something really worth discussing. Just as a piece of entertainment – it's very depressing. <laughs> anyway, the next bit that we're going through is a national story. Okay, so it says, this is from The Guardian Australia on the 4th of the 6th, 2022, by Christopher Nows. Let doctors use MDMA to treat veterans with PTSD and depression, former ADF boss says. The former chief of the Australian Defence Force, Chris Barry, is campaigning to remove barriers stymieing doctors from using MDMA to treat veterans suffering post-traumatic stress disorder and depression. He says he hopes, quote, common sense is going to prevail. End quote. Late last year, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, or TGA, decided against downgrading the classification of psilocybin or MDMA as a prohibited substance to a controlled substance, a move which would have increased patient access. It did so despite an independent expert panel telling the TGA that the drugs, quote, may show promise in treating mental, behavioural or developmental disorders, including treatment-resistant PTSD. Mm. The TGA did leave the door open to further reconsideration, though, acknowledging the potential benefit of using MDMA to treat PTSD and allowing clinical trials to continue. The TGA said... Quote, pending the outcome of current clinical research, the scheduling of MDMA could be reconsidered in future applications. Barry is hopeful that the TGA will soon allow the drugs to be more readily accessed to treat PTSD. He told Guardian Australia, quote, we're hopeful that that rescheduling will take place. There are 1.5 million sufferers, that's of PTSD, in our country whose lives are simply ruined because of this issue. And here's an offer for a cure that could make their lives so different, end quote. Currently, doctors can apply for special access to unapproved drugs like MDMA and psilocybin to treat individual patients on a case-by-case basis through the TGA's special access scheme. But even that limited access is frustrated by the laws of state and territory jurisdictions. For example, in the ACT, laws on recreational use would still hold doctors criminally liable for attempting to treat their patients with MDMA and psilocybin, even with TGA approval. The Catch-22 exists despite the ACT recently moving to decriminalise MDMA and psilocybin more broadly. 
Barry, a retired admiral and board member of Mind Medicine Australia, said if the ACT was successful in decriminalising the drugs, it should also remove any barrier to using the drugs to treat patients suffering from treatment-resistant depression and related post-traumatic stress disorder. It, uh, it, quote, if this happens, it would be ridiculous if a medical practitioner properly trained in the application of psychedelic-assisted therapies couldn't prescribe MDMA or psych uh, psilocybin to treat a patient suffering from treatment-resistant PTSD or treatment-resistant depression in a much safer clinical environment, he said. Mm. Sufferers with treatment-resistant PTSD or treatment-resistant depression can be at severe risk of, by definition. <clears throat> uh, sorry, can be at severe risk by definition. They have exhausted conventional treatments. Quote, allowing a, a medical practitioner in the ACT with special access scheme approval from the TGA to provide psychedelic-assisted therapy gives the patient the opportunity of receiving treatment that has been shown to be safe with a high remission and response rates. Which yeah. is a really interesting comment. Yeah. It's just such a shame that people have to say this when they are ex-leaders. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the article concludes, in November, the Therapeutic Goods Administration's independent experts found that drugs held some promise as a treatment for conditions such as PTSD, though, they, though only where they were, quote, administered in closely clinically supervised settings and with intensive professional support. The experts reported, although we were only able to combine results from nine studies for either beneficial or adverse effects, we did demonstrate statistically significant differences of two of the two psychedelic agents between both inactive and active treatments for either continuous scores or dichotomous responses. That's mm. an interesting response, and it sounds like from experts for experts. Yeah. However, it's important to note that this was in highly supportive and structured environments, including intense psychotherapy sessions in many cases. Other nations, including Canada, Switzerland, Israel and the United States, enable a similar level of access to Australia by assessing medical practitioners and their patients on a case-by-case -case basis. I might add, that's the end of the article, I might mm. add, though, other nations equally, as by assessing their medical practitioners on a case-by-case -case basis, also stop treatment yeah. from occurring, depending upon the personal view, as in Australia, of a particular bureaucrat. Yeah, and correct. I find that often is very um, disabling. Yeah. in terms of advancing the cause of treatment and the use of particularly microdosing, yep. which has been advocated by lots of people um, for treatment of uh, high-level anxiety, for yeah. instance, that stops people from working. Um, and they are able to have been able to, they have shown themselves to be able to look after their anxiety by microdosing with things like psilocybin yeah. or MDMA. So it, it's an interesting article, though, and it's an interesting thought. And it is time that we started to look at the useful sides of yeah. the things that are considered well, to be currently illicit drugs. Well, kind of draws into what you were saying before about the heroin being used for Absolutely. other... Absolutely. 
Under one label, it's used yeah. as one thing. Under another label, it's it's perceived as a monster. Yeah. And to put heroin and marijuana in the same category mm. as just unusable drugs is not only rubbish, it flies in the face of all evidence. Seeing those posters. Which just, all the evidence is to the contrary. Yeah. That both heroin as a pain reliever and marijuana as as a multifaceted therapeutic treatment agent yep. have both been shown to be extremely useful and have been used for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. It's the other drugs, the ones that Big Pharma produces, yeah. that have actually been creating the trouble. Yeah. The over-prescription uh, of things like uh, oxycodone. Yeah. In uh, the and. <laughs> you know when that was re you know withdrawn yeah. the availability of oxycodone not only did the patients who had now had addictions to hydromorphone or which is not available anymore either not only did they have addictions to opioids they were then forced to go onto streets yeah. the street to get illicit uh, drugs which they had no control over the quality, quantity and control of. So mm. it's a, just plays into the argument that yeah, we put to our listeners every week. Yeah. And we wish, you know, we want people to talk about and think about seriously because it's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so would we like to go on to the next? I think we should go to the next uh, uh, article. article. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, oh, that's mine. Yep. Okay. Oh, well, I went wrong way round last night. Right. I'm Doesn't so matter. sorry about that. That's okay. Okay. The next article comes from Montreal. Montreal Public Health Director wants small amounts of illegal drugs decriminalised in the city. I wonder what about the country. Anyway, this is by Sabrina Jones from the Canada Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This was on the eighth of the sixth, twenty twenty two. Montreal's public health director says she wants to follow in the footsteps of British Columbia, which will see the decriminalisation of small amounts of illicit drugs as of next year. Dr Mylene Drouin, in an exclusive interview with Radio Canada, said, quote, we want to make sure that we have this tool in our harm reduction strategy for Montreal. Just a week, over a week ago, Ottawa announced that British Columbians, 18 and older, will be able to possess up to 2.5 grams of opioids, cocaine, cocaine, methamphetamine and MDMA within the province as of January 31st next year. Drouin said, decriminalisation is needed in Montreal as it has an important impact on drug users. She observed, quote, having, criminal, having a criminal record means they will have difficult access for work. It may have an impact on their family or their, on, on their revenue. We believe that decriminalisation could allow consumers to use drugs in a much safer context and avoid all the prejudice associated with judicialisation. An interesting word. BC's move is in direct response to a surge in drug overdose deaths in the province throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. BC saw 2,224 suspected toxic illicit drug overdose deaths in 2021 
and more than 9,400 since 2016. The new drug policy means that there will be no arrests, charges or seizures mm. for personal possession at mm. all below the 2.5 gram threshold. And that's the point, is yeah. the seizures yeah. of yeah. the drugs as well. That was one of our arguments, yeah. is that Portugal. taking the drugs away just puts people back onto that mm. illicit market. Yeah. While decriminalisation advocates have said this is a step forward, they also say 2.5 grams is far too low, our point, particularly when targeting serious drug users. Joanne said Med Montreal saw a near 25% spike in deaths linked to overdoses during the pandemic. While numbers have returned to pre-pandemic levels this year, fatal overdoses are still occurring, she said. Joanne says she doesn't want drug use in the city to get as bad as it did in BC before acting. She continued, quote, We're working with the City of Montreal, the police and community partners to look at what can be done in Montreal, end quote. But... Uh Isabella Fortier, a member of Mums Stop the Harm, a network of Canadian families that advocate for decriminalisation and a safe supply of drugs, said Ruin's words concerning decriminalisation came uh, come too late and fall short. <coughs> Excuse me. Fortier lost her 24-year-old daughter to a fentanyl overdose in 2019. And she said the stigmatization of using drugs killed her because she felt the need to hide her dependency. Mm. Yep. Mrs. Fortier told CBC if she hadn't been scared of her problem, she'd likely have gone to consume drugs in a supervised injection site. If her drugs hadn't been contaminated, she wouldn't be dead. Indeed. Fortier said Montreal can't wait to see the results of BC's pilot project three years down the the line to act. Uh, we need to act fast, she said. If we don't move, if we don't change the laws, if we don't make a concerted brave actions, uh, sorry, if we don't make concerted brave actions, it's our loved ones that will die. Juin noted that the Canadian government is open to receiving other requests for federal exemption for decriminalisation, although Montreal has not made such a request. <clears throat> Last week, without getting in, going into further detail, Premier Francois Legault said he didn't think the drug policy was necessary in Quebec. But Montreal Mayor Valérie Plante seemed to do, uh, disagree. She said last week that the city had always been sensitive to people with drug addictions and has supported supervised, supervised injection sites, Ms. Plante said. We have shown interest in talking with the federal government because we're seeing people struggling and suffering, and we want to put the right tools together to support these people while making sure our communities are safe for everybody. It seems that the closer people are to the ground, mm. the more inclined they are to, you know, the closer they are to the people, the more inclined they are to be advocating yep. for decriminalisation, doesn't it? Yeah. In the province of Quebec, there were 339 deaths caused by drug overdoses between January and September last year. This is fewer than the number recorded during the same period in 2020, but remains above pre-pandemic levels. Louis Letellier de Saint-Just is an advocate with 
Cactus Montreal, which among its services offers a supervised injection site for drug users. He said the situation in Montreal is also alarming, despite lower numbers there than in BC. Mr. DeJuz said, quote, the opioid crisis is also raging in Montreal differently, but it's something we have to deal with every day. He said, BC's drug policy is a great move for the province, but because overdoses are a national crisis, quote, we should also have the opportunity to live such an experience, to start such an experience here in Montreal. That's a good article yeah. in Montreal, and it shows the diversity of views, yes, in mm. Canada, yeah. that from one state to another they can think so differently, and yet depending upon which level of either government or, you know, the um, the sector you are dealing with de- seems to drive how you view the mm. use of um, harm reduction services. Yes, yep, definitely. And getting into the definition of harm reduction, of course, is something that has taken international movements. It has a lot of me- different meanings to it a lot of people. It certainly does. And uh, it... <coughs> It means that it, um, you need to be a little bit close to the ground and mm. listen to the people who are working at face-to-face or with lived experience, as it's called these days, of drug pro- use yeah, and what you, it's doing to them. If you want to fix the issue, you go to the source. <laughs> Absolutely. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. Um, I think we might go to a song, Matt. Let's do that. Um, yep. What have I got here? Uh, just give me one sec. Yeah. All right, beds are burning, midnight oil. Yes, okay. Lives and breathes in 45 
Thanks, FM 98.3 News from the drug war front That was Peter uh, Garrett oil. Yeah, that's <laughs> Indeed it was oh Okay, <laughs> the next article Is uh, nationwide reach of harmful Drug, quote, paraphernalia In quote, laws From Alex Norcia On Filter, 8th of the 6th 2022 A new report published by the Cato Institute a libertarian think tank examines how federal and state drug paraphernalia laws inhibit harm reduction. The authors, Jeffrey Singer, a physician and senior fellow at Cato, and Sophia Heimowitz, a public health researcher, urge policymakers to adjust their thinking from that of the failed drug war. Though they acknowledge that more legislators are recognising harm reduction as an evidence-based approach to reducing drug-related death and disease, they detail how many states' drug paraphernalia laws continue to block access to critical harm reduction tools. Every state has such laws, ranging in effect from various restrictions to outright bans, with the perhaps surprising exception of Alaska. The goal of drug paraphernalia policy should be to save lives by reducing the risks of overdose and disease, the authors write. This means removing government barriers to obtaining and distributing clean syringes and drug testing equipment. Could have warned from the beginning of the article that that was the, what they were talking about. <laughs> Not about bombs, but needles and syringes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Graphics and tables in the report provide useful breakdowns of paraphernalia laws by state, and every state has such laws, ranging in effect <coughs> from uh, in effect from various restrictions to outright ban. Did I read that part? No, you're no, okay. no. It's, I you're think right. it's repeated it um, to restrictions to outright bans, with the perhaps surprising exception of Alaska. No, it's in a, it's yeah. in a sentence earlier on. That's all. Despite the long demonstrated efficacy of sterile syringe provision in reducing transmissions of bloodborne viruses like HIV and hepatitis C from shared needles. Most states still include syringes in their laws, definitions of paraphernalia. The exceptions are Connecticut, Indiana, Maine, Massachusetts, Nevada, New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire, uh, Oregon, uh, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Wisconsin. What's more, six states, Connecticut, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, require a prescription for syringe purchases. Even if syringe services programs where supplies are given away are exempt, another 13 states, mostly in a central band of the country stretching from Texas to Minnesota, explicitly forbid syringe services programs. I'm not surprised it starts crazy. in Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> when it comes to fentanyl test strips, which simply tell people whether the potent synthetic opioid is present in the drugs they plan to consume, only five states. Arizona, Nebraska, South Carolina, Virginia, and Wyoming do not explicitly include these tools in their laws, definitions of paraphernalia. Paraphernalia laws increase the risk that <coughs> users will lose their lives. These laws are meant to discourage illicit drug use, the authors write. Instead, they produce avoidable disease and death. Drug Prohibition puts peaceful, voluntary drug users at risk of losing their liberty and often their lives. Paraphernalia laws similarly increase the risk that users will lose their lives. Mm. They go on to highlight progress made by states that have amended our, uh, <clears throat> or adopted new laws to encourage safer drug use. Arizona, for example, has recently amended its drug paraphernalia laws to exclude fentanyl test strips, while the Attorney General in Pennsylvania, as well as the District Attorney in Philadelphia, have announced that they will not prosecute people for possessing them even as they remain illegal in the state. As Filter has reported, Ohio is among the states with current bills seeking to decriminalise the strips. More states are authorising syringe service programs to operate legally, yet many retain burdensome and unnecessary restrictions that hamper what they can do and, many times, where they can be. Earlier this year, as Filter reported, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy signed a harm reduction expansion bill to remove a municipal order requiring cities and towns to approve the programs in their jurisdictions. Quote, the, oh, this is in brackets, sorry, the decision now falls to the state's health departments. Ultimately, singer Anne Heimowitz called on the legislators to move away from a zero-tolerance approach to drugs and embrace harm reduction. They encourage states to emulate Alaska, which allows residents to purchase any number of syringes and other drug-use resources, permitting anybody 
to run a syringe service program or practice other harm reduction measures. They urge Congress and state governments to end drug prohibition and, as is likely attainable sooner, to legalise harm reduction tools that save lives. Mm. Now, that just sounds like practical uh, sensibility to me, but it also sounds like damned if you do and damned if you don't. It depends on which state you live in as to whether you can live or not. Yeah. And the fentanyl, yeah. you know, the accessibility oh, to fentanyl test strips is just... Yep. That's what people have been dying from, is the presence of fentanyl mm. in the drugs. And they've had... Like, you know, we're talking in the tens of thousands of yeah. people per year, yeah. or really per month, probably. It just sounds silly. So it, 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 again, it depends on what state you live in, as to whether you're allowed you, to live or not. Yeah, <laughs> basically, and yeah, yeah, exchange yeah, program. Yeah. That's just and crazy. It's, it's as simple as just getting your drugs tested. We've got. I think we'll go probably to the last story. There's one story that says world's largest dark net. Market shutdown, $25 million yes. in Bitcoin says, which is really interesting because I think we'll do But that. I think we better go now. Get the last one, yep. which is Marcos to re- okay, continue yep. the drug war. Yeah? Yep, sure. So, is that just keeps people up to date with the Philippines? It yes. hasn't changed, gang. So, it only changed the face. <laughs> Marcos <laughs> to practice. continue the drug war with respect for rights, focus on rib. Rehabilitation. Uh, Katrina Domingo, ABS CBN News, on uh, 10th of the 6th, 2022. So, Manila, President elect Ferdinand Marcos Jr. committed to continue his predecessor's Rodrigo Duterte's crackdown on illegal drugs. Ah, no res- <laughs> With respect for human rights and focus on rehabilitation, a diplomat said Friday. Ambassador, Ambassador Annette. Annika Thomberg of Sweden said Marcos made the statement during the meeting which tackled the rule of law, human rights and the war on drugs, among other topics. Thunberg said in a press conference, we also touched upon political affairs and importance and the strong commitment that has been expressed by the president-elect to conduct the war on drugs within the framework of the law and within respect for human rights and focus on rehabilitation and socio-economic development. It is something that is very much appreciated on my government side, she, she added. The meeting also discussed the importance of collaborating among nations based on international law and transitional collaboration to handle challenges... Transnational, darling. Oh, sorry, transnational collaboration to handle challenges such as the global drug trade Transna- transnational crime and the pandemic, Thunberg said. Mm. Unleashed when Duterte took office in 2016, his drug war has drawn criticism from local rights groups and international leaders after thousands of suspected drug peddlers and users were killed for allegedly resisting arrests. Mm. The International Criminal Court, the ICCC, in September last year approved a full inquiry into alleged crimes against humanity in Duterte's drug war. The ICC suspended the probe some two months later following a request by the Philippines, which cited its own investigations. The outgoing president recently urged his successor to exert quote, stronger pressure against illegal drugs, saying the campaign should be treated like a war. Mm. 
Earlier this year, Marcos said that his administration would focus on going after drug lords, lords instead of small players. Marcos said he would also push to improve rehabilitation centres for drug users and treat them as patients rather than as criminals. In the run-up to the election, the May 9th election, Duterte claimed that a wealthy presidential candidate uses cocaine and is a very weak leader. It was a quote. <laughs> While he neither provided proof nor mentioned names, several candidates, including Marcos, underwent drug tests to rule themselves out of Duterte's <laughs> blind eye. <laughs> it's amazing what you can get away with when you're president, isn't I, it? I wonder who provided the urine for that one. <laughs> I would have thought that they should have whiffled them straight off to court for a certain amount of, you know, slander. <laughs> slander, isn't it, when it's verbal? Yeah. That's even though he didn't use their names. And that just, I mean, it's just <laughs> proof positive that Duterte could get away with whatever he wanted to yes. and promote his own candidate to the exclusion of everybody else by simply implying <laughs> the use of illicit drugs. Yeah. It's seriously... Um, it's, you know, it's promoting fear yeah. and paranoia yep. among the population where it should not exist. Common theme. And the way in which he carried his drug war was actually very much in the lines of a war, sending police, or he used to ride around on his motorbike mm. in his, where did he live, in Davao? Yeah, I believe so. And um, just shoot people on the yeah. street that he thought looked like drug users. Mm. So he was just a murderer Apparently on wheels. He's a humanitarian now, so... <laughs> yeah, how humanitarian was that, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're about to do um, say goodbye to our yeah. gang. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Yeah, it's been a lovely week this week. Dreadful weather outside. Dreadful I hope weather. you've enjoyed the show. Um, and Jeffrey sends his love to everybody. He and does. if he doesn't, I'm sure he would if he was here. <laughs> but I'm sure if he wasn't thinking about how lovely the weather is in Rockhampton, he'd be inclined. I know that lovely. he listens to the show via podcast. Definitely listen. So, and our love we send out to you, and please keep yourselves safe. Yep. COVID hasn't finished. COVID-19 hasn't finished. People are still getting infected with the virus. Yeah. Uh, my son's just had two weeks of isolation, and he was really very ill with yeah. it. Yeah. And many of his friends, and he's young, 36. Yeah. So, and uh, one of serious. his friends lost his sense of taste out of it, so it's still really quite... Um, oh, yeah, rampant. Definitely. So keep yourselves safe, keep yourselves protected. If you're in with public transport, wear a mask and look after yourselves. We love you. And don't forget if you want any more details about Karma, uh, 62533643. Yeah, and or karma.org.au. We're going to close the show as we do always with, with the Golden sh- Brown. Yeah, stranglers. Is it stra- yeah? Stranglers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know that by now. Strangles, stranglers. Close. <laughs> Okay, bye everyone, we love you. Golden brown texture like sun lays me down. My mind she runs throughout the night No need to fight, never a frown with 
For a day 